Heritage Foundation. I'm Michelle Cordero, and this is Heritage Explains. Is it too much to ask voters to register? Well, as Election Day approaches, many on the left are claiming that requiring voters to register with correct information is a way to suppress votes. This is a country where we make it exceedingly hard to vote. We do that because uh, historically, um, we have not wa- the, the country of the United States of America has not wanted black people or poor people to vote, so they've thrown up obstacles. The miasma of fear that is created through voter suppression is as much about terrifying people about trying to vote as it is about actually blocking their p- ability to do so. Imagine you show up at the polls on election day only to learn your registration is on hold simply because there was a typo. You're still allowed to vote, but now there's this extra step involved, and there's some concern that some voters will simply go home or not show up at all. This narrative has spread like wildfire in the mainstream media, and it took off in Georgia. Here to explain what is actually happening is manager of Heritage's Election Law Reform Initiative and senior legal fellow, Hans von Spakovsky. Last year, uh, Georgia passed a law which makes perfect sense, saying that when you uh, apply to register to vote, the information on your voter registration form needs to substantially match uh, either a driver's license record, a a state ID record, or Social Security information. And if it doesn't, then your application will be considered pending until uh, election officials can investigate the discrepancy. Um, That's not going to keep you from voting. If you show up at your polling place uh, and your registration application is still pending, you're still going to be able to vote. It's just you're going to vote a provisional ballot, and they'll decide whether to count your ballot or not once that discrepancy has been uh, investigated and and cleared up. Uh, Democrats in the state, including the uh, woman running for governor, are claiming this is an attempt to suppress votes. Since nobody's kept from voting, I'm not really sure how you can do that, and uh, I don't know how they're going to suppress votes either, given that G- Georgia this year is expected um, to reach 7 million registered voters. That's that's the biggest number ever in the state. And um, Brian Kemp, the, the secretary of state, who's also running for governor, by the way, um, recently explained that they've got about 75,000 applications that are pending. Well, the reason they're pending is, uh, for example, is 9,000 of the, the voter registration applications came in from people who are minors, and therefore they're not 18, so they can't vote. Uh, and, and, and they've got other things like that, like 3,000 people who used fake addresses to register to vote. So how do these minors and people who use fake addresses to vote, how did they end up registered in the first place? Well, they're submitting application forms, and it, it's so easy in this country to get registered. In fact, I, mean, I had a laugh uh, a couple of weeks ago. There was this uh, op-ed in the Washington Post saying that uh, voter registration laws are vote suppression, that requiring people to register to vote it somehow keeps people out of the polls. It is so easy to register. There's a one-page form. Uh, not only can you pick it up at any government office, uh, office library, you can download it off the Internet, print it out. You fill it out and you mail it in and you get registered. I mean, it's so easy. Um, so these people obviously uh, uh, 
either on their own or they may have been pushed by other groups to do this. In fact, one of the things, again, that Brian Kemp, the Secretary of State, says is that um, they have a very large number of voter registration application forms that came in from this organization in Georgia that's been doing voter registration drives that apparently was started several years ago by, in fact, the Democratic candidate who's running for governor and that uh, those applications have huge problems, uh, mainly the Social Security numbers on the forms not matching the Social Security numbers and the official records of those individuals. So, you know, I don't think anybody, any any regular, ordinary person would think that there's something wrong with the government wanting to check and verify the accuracy of, of the voter registration information coming in. So if I register to vote as Michelle E. Cordero, Hans, but my ID says Michelle Aaron Cordero, would this put me into pending status? How granular do they get? Uh, I'm not sure how granular they get, but that's something that they you can easily clear up. And how long does it take to clear up? Uh, as soon as they get the voter registration application form and they see that there's a discrepancy, they contact yeah. the person who's registering and say, we have a discrepancy, can you explain it? And uh, you you would very easily be able to tell them, well, this is why, and then they'd fix it. So how do Americans generally feel about voter ID laws? Uh, you know, there's a real interesting dichotomy there. You know, the mainstream media and others are just totally against it. The polling overwhelmingly shows that uh, uh, a large majority of Americans think that's a common sense uh, and and good idea. And the polling shows that a majority of Americans, regardless of their race, their ethnicity, and even their political party, think it's a good idea. They just don't see it as the big deal that the elitist, <laughs> the elitist in the media and, uh, and others uh, see it. And you know why? Because uh, they know in everyday, ordinary life, they have to pull out their ID all the time. The left, we've heard them say uh, voter ID laws are racist. Where do they get that from? You know, that comes from a actually what I consider to be a very patronizing attitude. Um, they apparently have the belief that, uh, for example, black Americans don't have the ability to get an ID the way other Americans do. And, of course, the data shows that's not true. I mean, just to give you a quick example, because we were talking about Georgia. Look, Georgia put in a photo ID law back in the 2008 election. That was the first time it was in place. It's been in place for 10 years. Um, not only did the turnout of black and Hispanic voters in the state of Georgia not go down, it went up dramatically in the first uh, election and even the second election held with the new uh, ID law in place. And we've now got uh, data for 10 years worth of elections. None of the uh, hysterical claims of opponents of ID, you know, the sky is falling in. People, none of that has happened in Georgia. Ami Horowitz, writer, producer, and director of Ami on the Streets for Fox News, talked to a group of white people in Brooklyn to see what they thought about voter ID laws. I think voter ID laws are a way to perpetuate racism. Would you, say they're, would you go as far as to say they're, they're, those laws are racist? For sure. Do you think it suppresses the uh, African-American vote? Definitely. Uh, because they're less likely to have state IDs. Minority voters are less likely to have the kinds of IDs that have been um, described or required. These type of people don't live in 
areas with easy access to DMVs or other places where they can get identification. You can always get IDs um, you do over the internet. Does that also would make it difficult for, for black people in particular? Yeah, you have to have access to the internet. You have to be able to pay an internet service provider for certain fees. Do you think that's harder for black people to go online? Well, I feel like they don't have the knowledge of how, of like, how it works. Ami also went to East Harlem to see what black people thought about these responses. Do you have ID normally? Do you carry ID around? Yes, I have state ID. Do you carry ID? Yes, I do. Do you know anybody, who, any black person who doesn't carry ID? No. Everyone that I know has an ID. Why would they think we don't have ID? <laughs> That's a lie. Why would they say that? Do you have ID? Yes. Because I have my ID and my friends have their ID, so like, we know what we need to carry around. Yeah, everybody that I know have ID. Like, that's one of the things you need to walk around with New York with, an ID. Do you know any black adult who does not have ID? No, I don't. Is it a weird thing to even say that? Yes, it is. What is this, some, some type of uh, trick candy camera? I like know, that? right? <laughs> that's the only thing I brought with me. Those are legit, yeah. legit IDs. I heard a lot also that uh, black people can't figure out how to get to the DMV. Really? Is that, is that, what does that say to you? I know it's that, but I'm 25th year. We'll be right back to finish this conversation after a short break. Hi, this is Rob Bluey, Editor-in-Chief of The Daily Signal. If you liked hearing about the issues that Washington's not discussing, check out Underreported, a brand new video series from The Daily Signal looking at other issues that the mainstream media forgot to mention. I also talked with Hans about the belief that we should end voter registration altogether and what it is that the left thinks we should do instead. They want either no registration at all, so that you could just show up at your polling place and vote on Election Day, which is the rule in places like uh, Wisconsin. There's about a dozen states that do that, uh, which opens up all kinds of possibilities of fraud. Um, or the other thing that they're really pushing now, and unfortunately a couple of states uh, have done this, uh, California is one of them, they've called for what they call automatic voter registration. What that means uh, in places like California and other states that are proposing this is that uh, you would automatically get registered to vote if you go in and you get a driver's license or you go into a public assistance office and apply for welfare. Uh, some places they're talking about using tax records, you know, county tax records uh, to do that. And that, that kind of automatic uh, voter registration um, pulls up all kinds of problems. Uh, just to give you a quick example of this. California recently was forced to admit that it had mistakenly automatically registered non-citizens who had gone in to get a driver's license. And the only reason <laughs> the only reason we know about it is not because the election officials figured out figured it out, but it was because actually an honest non-citizen, a guy who's a Canadian and a permanent uh, uh, legal uh, resident of the United States, he contacted the Los Angeles Times to tell them that he had gotten a voter registration card in the mail after he went uh, to renew his driver's license. So that's the only reason we know about it. And that's the kind of problems automatic registration will cause. You write that while journalists have chased down the Georgia rabbit hole, law enforcement and citizen watchdog groups have uncovered serious voter fraud problems that have received almost no national attention. Hans, what are some of those cases? Uh, well, I'll give you a, a, a prime example of one. Um, uh, some, some time ago, uh, uh, a official in the city of Philadelphia, an election official, 
publicly admitted uh, in testimony before the state Senate of Pennsylvania that there had been a glitch for 20 years in the state DMV that, uh, in his estimation, let at least 100,000 non-citizens get registered to vote in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, An organization that I know that's concerned with election integrity called the Public Interest Legal Foundation uh, went to the state and said, well, we'd like to see your internal records that show this. And the state of Pennsylvania uh, clammed up and said, well, we're not giving you any records. We don't want any, in essence, we don't want anybody to know about this. And so uh, they've been forced to file a lawsuit to try to get these documents, which the state is obligated to turn over. Has any, have any of the listeners to, to, to this podcast, have they heard about this? Are there uh, newspaper and media reporters in the state capitol in Pennsylvania trying to uh, uh, get this information out through, you know, Freedom of Information Act? No. I mean, they, it's like the media doesn't care about this. And 100,000 non-citizens, if true, there are many elections in Pennsylvania that the results could have been changed by people who aren't eligible to vote voting. Hans, in addition to that case in Pennsylvania, there's a resource that Heritage has where people can find more examples like that. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. Uh, a little under three years ago, we started a database. Um, in which we're keeping track of proven election fraud cases. So these are cases in which someone was actually convicted in a court of law committing fraud or a judge, for example, ordered a new election because of fraud. Um, we have an interactive map. You can, you can look up these cases all over the country. We're up right now to about uh, 1,150 cases. We're about to add three dozen more. And the thing to the thing for folks to realize about this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I know of many other cases of potential fraud that have never been investigated, where prosecutors have referred uh, a case has been referred to prosecutors and they've refused to prosecute. Um, so this just gives you an idea of the kind of fraud that occurs uh, in every state in the country, unfortunately, and uh, all kinds of different fraud, everything from absentee ballot fraud to ballot petition fraud. Um, to non-citizens illegally registering and voting. It, it, it runs the gamut. Many partisan activists, liberal academics, and media elites deny that voter fraud exists or that any action is needed to protect the integrity of our election process, like providing ID or registering before you vote. But the Nonpartisan Commission on Federal Election Reform, chaired by former President Jimmy Carter and former Secretary of State James A. Baker, found that the electoral system cannot inspire public confidence if no safeguards exist to deter or detect fraud or confirm the identity of voters. And the truth is, as long as elections put people into positions where they can make decisions about how much the government will spend, who will receive benefits, and how the government will exercise its power, people will try to cheat. If you're interested in browsing through Heritage's voter fraud database, I'll link to it in our show notes. I'll also link to Ami Horitz's full on-the-street interview. We'll be back next week with a new episode from my co-host, Tim Dusher. 
Which Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by Thalia Rampersad.